Force my friends is violence, the supreme authority from which all other authority is derived. And you know, there is something very important we need to do as soon as possible. Don't you blame the movies? Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos for creative. Hello and welcome. This is the Parents Guide podcast about movies and a focus on sex and violence. Uh, we're in season one right now, which is all about movies from the 1990s. And today we're looking at a movie from 1996 and it is called Bound by the Wachowskis. And my guest today is uh, Jocelyn, also known as uh, Flick Chick Bitch on Instagram, uh, who I have asked uh, to join me in this conversation. Hello, Joe. Hello. I'm nervous, but I'm here and I'm ready to rave about Bound. Very cool. Okay, I can't wait. I'm really, really curious what we are uh, will be talking about and how we will get into this really, really interesting movie. But before we get into the movie, I have a question that I ask everyone. Um, this is uh, the this podcast is called The Parents Guide, and it's all about. Um, in a way, it's about uh, which movies would you show children or what effects can have movies on children too. I mean, this is not really what it is about, but sex and violence is normally what parents are warned about. So yeah. which movie comes to your mind that had some like disturbing effect on you as a child? What's the first movie that comes to your mind in regards to sex mm. or violence? I actually like didn't even watch like horror movies or rated R movies until so much later. So I think the closest is I remember watching Jurassic Park 3 when I was like six or seven. And then I had a nightmare where a dinosaur ate me. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the closest yeah. I can think of. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's a, a perfect answer, right? I mean, being haunted yeah. <laughs> by a, a dinosaur eating you, that's uh, that's pretty common. Yeah, interesting. Okay, yeah, that's a good pick. Uh, no one else has mentioned Jurassic Park 3 yet. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't even watch matter. the first one. It was like on TV at my grandparents' mm -hmm. house. I was like, wow, this is terrifying because I was <laughs> like six or seven. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is how all my movies that traumatized me as a kid happened, like it was just on TV when my parents and my grandparents watched them and, and no one cared that I was watching along. And again, my my key traumatizing movie is Jaws and I had dreams of a, yeah. a shark eating me. So that's very similar, even a yeah. connection here. So, yeah. <laughs> Although I think Jaws is actually scary. I don't know if Jurassic Park 3 is. No, maybe I mean, Jurassic Park Jurassic 1, Park. yes, yeah. the first one is scary. The third one, maybe not so much. But as a child, you know, you have no yeah. context for what is scary and what is not, right? And, yeah. and probably also no context for what a dinosaur can do or if it's real or anything, you know? So yeah. it makes yeah, sense that the, it scared you. Yeah, I think the next is probably just Coraline, but I liked Coraline. I was like, this is fun. I like being scared. This is interesting. How old were you when you watched Coraline? So I watched it in theaters. And what did it come out like 2008, 2009? Yeah, so that's, I was that must like, be, like yeah. nine or ten. Okay, interesting. Like I sometimes ask my students, I'm a teacher, I sometimes ask my students which movies have scared them. And Coraline is normally one of the, the, the most mentioned movie. Yeah. So uh, this is a movie that haunts kids. Yeah. So it's a movie that kids it, like. It's scarier than a lot of other horror movies I've seen. <laughs> yeah, I would agree, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not every horror movie is scary, but Coraline is, yeah. is scary. Yeah, it's quite scary. Yeah, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a it's a very interesting movie, but it's not the movie we're talking about today. No, uh, there there is a transition for you. Uh, we are talking yeah. about uh, Bound again. It's from 1996. It stars uh, Jennifer Tilly, uh, Gina Gershon, and uh, Joe Pantoliano as the main 
performers. And what I what I like to do uh, as uh, as a start is to look at the actual uh, rating for this movie. Um, and it is not surprisingly uh, rated R uh, in America. Yeah. And as I like to do, I like to read out the MPAA justification why it's rated R. And it's rated R for strong sexuality, violence, and language. Interesting. Um, <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. one of the more boring uh, uh, justifications I've seen so far. Sometimes they get really yeah. creative. But here, but it is interesting, of course, that strong sexuality comes first, right? Yeah. This is the focus. And you would have to wonder if they would use strong if it was uh, a different kind of relationship that is depicted in this movie. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking, too. I would think, like, violence and the amount of times they say fuckface would be first. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's only, like, two sex scenes and only one of them is explicit. Yeah, exactly. Which is something I will get into that something that I was kind of surprised when I rewatched the movie yesterday. I hadn't seen it in a long, long time. And, and I was like, oh, somehow I remember this having more actual sex. Uh, but we'll get into that. What I also like to do is look at what other countries do. Uh, in, in many countries, this movie was rated 18. So really, really high for a movie, for, for this movie, I would say. Uh, in Germany, it was rated 16. That's how I saw it. Uh, I saw it in cinemas yeah. in 1996, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the lowest rating is, uh, and this uh, will become a, a common theme on this podcast, uh, was in France, where it was rated 12. Okay. The, the, lone the, French, the French aren't as uptight, I guess. Yeah, I'm still waiting for the the movie. Yeah, it is. But I'm still waiting for the movie that actually has a high rating in France. Uh, It hasn't happened yet, at least least not with the 90s movies I have discussed so far. But well, why not? And what I'm looking at uh, right now is uh, what I'm always looking at is the IMDb Parents Guide, um, which is is something that is written by people like it's not an official parents guide. And it it mentions like sex and nudity, violence and gore and so on and so on. And this one for Bound only has 11 items, which is really, really low compared to some of the other movies I've seen. Uh, Maybe because it's also not as commonly watched. Yeah, I think that's the main reason. Uh, what I've seen is that movies that are really popular have more items, even if they're yeah. relatively harmless. Um, so yeah. that, that is one of the main reasons, probably. Uh, but we'll come back to the Parents' Guide in a second. So uh, right. my first question to you, and we, we start with uh, violence, is what would you say is the most violent scene in Bound? It's probably, realistically, the most violent scene is when they're torturing uh, Shelley. That's his name. Was it Shelly that they're torturing at that point? The uh, first guy that they're torturing at the toilet. But I feel like the one that felt more effective was when he sort of realizes that Violet's against him and starts trying to like beat her a little. I feel like that felt more because we know that character. Interesting. Whereas this other guy, you're like, it's the mob and they're killing people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but let's talk about those two scenes then yeah. that you picked. It's actually, Shelly was right. His name is Shelly, actually. So why would you say this is the most violent scene that comes to mind? And I think if if you'd ask people, and this would have been my choice as well as the, like, the most explicitly violent scene. Yeah, I mean, there's scenes where like more people die, but it's mostly just them getting shot, which... To say that isn't as violent of a way to die sounds weird, but it's kind of not. Mm -hmm. It's just they get shot and fall over. I feel like in this one, they're just repeatedly beating him and throwing his head into the toilet Mm -hmm. multiple times and then cutting off his fingers. uh, Mm -hmm. And you kind of watch it happen. So Mm -hmm. that would be why. (laughs) 
Yeah, right. I mean, uh, I think that's a scene that that will stuck with most people who watch this movie when it comes to violence. Uh, again, the other yeah. is like people getting shot. And, you know, we've all seen people getting shot millions of times. We don't so often see people getting their fingers cut off or tortured over a toilet. I When, when I rewatch it, I find it very interesting how this moment is introduced because uh, we, we often yeah. see things from Corky's perspective uh, from the other apartment when she hears yeah. stuff. And then we enter like we we come inside the torture scene through the toilet basically and the first yeah. thing you see is just a, a drop of blood into the water mm -hmm. of the toilet yeah like her toilet's just shaking and then it sort of cuts to the other and yes. it's just a drop of blood which, which is, is so brilliant i love this it's this is so like brilliant <laughs> one of the many things that makes this movie so great is like this what i know is like the, the transitions in this movie are yeah. so great just so stylized but not in a way where it's like maximalist or anything yeah. i know that i've known as someone that really likes maximalism I'm like boz lerman so when i say something is like super stylized people are like i don't know if i'd like that but i feel like this is like tastefully stylized yes. is it correct to say it's a little like hitchcockian I, yeah, I would actually, yeah, I would agree. I yeah. read some reviews and, uh, and and most people compared it with cone movies, which I okay, see I in one way. I haven't seen a whole lot. I see that in some way, but I think actually your your um, comparison is, is is rather apt as well. It's very, very Hitch Hitchcockian in a way, the way the movie is shot and, and everything is stylized. I think that's true. And, and I think the scene that, that we were talking about is, is, is a good example, right? We see the drop of blood. Then we, we go back a, a little bit and we see the toilet full of blood, which is more disgusting yeah. than just the, because the, the shot of the, 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 the drop of blood in the water is almost aesthetic. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's pretty. You know, it's not yeah. nice, but it's pretty. The blood on the toilet is not pretty. Yeah, it sort of starts as like you're hearing it over there. and It is kind of like, oh, God, what's happening? But then like that first shot of the drop of blood, you're like, oh, that's a nice shot. And then it's just yes. like hard cut into like slamming his head. And you're like, oh, that's <laughs> yes. terrifying. And it, it it keeps going. And then the transitions. And again, those transitions is to um to uh, to Violet using a blender with a very loud, violent sound. That's what I mean with transitions. Yeah. It goes from from actual violence to her like trying to 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 fade out the violence that she has to hear. But it's like drowning it out with another sort of like aggressive sound. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I can't overstate how how wonderfully constructed this whole movie is. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> It's so good. Yeah. But especially those transitions, those how, how one yeah. scene goes to the another, like they really, really thought of that. I haven't read up too much about it, but I can only imagine that they storyboarded all of this because it's so yeah. well thought out. I mean, Bill Pope, the cinematographer who, who uh, yeah. stayed with them through the Matrix uh, trilogy, like he, he's one of my favorites anyway. But this movie is like one, maybe his masterpiece. Yeah, I was uh, reading the Wikipedia page because that's apparently the amount of research I do for things now. That's um, fine. This is not a research <laughs> podcast, so that's fine. I yeah. didn't do a lot of research as well. And apparently like they got someone else to do cinematography and then that person was like, no, no one can do what you want to do <laughs> on this low of a budget. And then mm -hmm. they got Bill Pope, who was like, no, I know a bunch of people who can do this really cheaply. Yes. Let's do it. And it's like one of his best movies. <laughs> yes, it is. I think Bill Pope is one of the first cinematographers whose name I recognized when I was yeah. getting into movies uh, after I watched A Dark Man. I don't know if you've ever seen Dark Man, Sam Raimi's Dark Man. Because That's... this this is is such an incredibly well photographed movie for a movie that is also not that well known, but it's so beautiful and so brilliant. 
and and I think but bound is right up there and the yeah. matrix of course but yeah but I think yeah. bound is actually even better photographed because it has so many yeah. clever ideas what to do with the camera I think bound also feels more impressive because of constraint whereas sci-fi feels like you can do so many things with it yes <laughs> yeah you're like, right oh you're well they're being so creative but it's like well it's sci-fi yeah, you're right. That's a really good point, actually. Yeah, that's that's true because you know everything in bound is still um, tied to reality, of course, or to a certain reality for sure, yeah. right? Like a, a noir in reality, if 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 you like. But still, what yeah. what he's able to do is is, is just amazing. And the yeah. scene we're talking about to bring us back on to, on topic, uh, yes. we were talking about <laughs> violence. Is uh, I, I think it's really interesting again how the scene is is shot. Of course, uh, everything that happens until this transition is before the finger cutting happens, and it's uh, uh, Christopher Maloney who is the 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 one who does the violence in this scene. It's Johnny, yeah, right, Johnny. Yeah. I'm really bad with names. So I think the, the 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 scene again, the moment that will that people will will have in their heads is the thing, the actual finger cutting. In true fashion, as most movies that are famous for some kind of violence, you don't actually see it. So we get a close-up of the scissor, and then uh, we 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 hear the sound. We see the before and after, and then we see the finger drop on the floor, yeah. and that's all so we see. So you don't seen. actually watch them no. cut the finger, but you watch them about to cut the finger. You hear it, and then you see the finger drop. It's the magic of cinema, of course, right? That the actual finger yeah. cutting is not there, but it happens in your head. That That's what cinema can do with, yeah. with editing, like or with cutting, uh, to be, <laughs> you know, yeah. pun intended, uh, of course. <laughs> um, some people uh, compared, some reviews compared the movie to Tarantino, especially the torturing scene in Reservoir Dogs. And uh, mm-hmm. when I think about that, there we also don't see the actual ear cutting. But the difference there is that we stay there while it's happening. There's no cut. Like the, the camera just looks away when when the ear is cut. And here there is a cut when the finger is cut. So we don't actually, we just skipped over this little moment. Yeah. So I haven't seen Reservoir Dogs, but I did see a clip of just that scene. Yes. But I was actually just thinking, like, I feel like the fact that we don't see it almost makes it worse, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. it's sort of like we're picturing it, which exactly, is almost yeah. worse than seeing it i always find it fascinating you know everyone knows stories of of movies people have seen and say oh have you seen this scene and then when you watch it and you don't actually see something you know not actually the thing that happens in your head i mean again psycho is maybe the the most famous example for that yes right and here's the same thing and i think the sound um helps that because we hear the the cutting sound which is probably the worst if we didn't hear the sound it, it, it wouldn't be as bad probably yeah have you seen sleepaway camp yes i have seen sleepaway camp what I'm picturing is like the scene with uh, the um, curling iron and how you don't oh, watch yes. it. And for some yes. reason, it's worse that you don't watch it. <laughs> you yeah. just see the shadow and that's worse somehow. The last movie I would have expected to talk about today would be Sleepaway Cam. But it's actually <laughs> a great example because this death with the curling iron is so horrible to imagine. And you're exactly. right, that makes it worse that we don't see it. If we saw it, it would be like, ah, okay, it's not as bad as we thought. Maybe, maybe, yeah. you know. But- I think maybe there's also sort of like when you watch like kills in slashers, there's yes. sort of like the fun aspect of like, ooh, that looked really real. And yes. sort of like the vibe of like, how does it look, which takes you out of the horror. Even though slashers are technically horror, I don't usually think they're like scary. No, often they're more they're like not. fun horror, yeah. I guess. Yes. But I feel like it's kind of a similar thing here where if you watched it, it would be more about like, ooh, look at the effects of the finger. Yes. Rather than like the, ooh, they're cutting the finger off. Yeah, that's true. Oh man, Sleepaway Camp has so many creative deaths. Yeah. <laughs> for what a kind of, of 
weird movie this is. Uh, anyway, we're not talking about Sleepaway Camp. Uh, that's, yes. that's, a, that's for a different a moment in time. I'm always uh, talking about Sleepaway Camp. I, I love Sleepaway Camp. It's, it's one of, it's, I, I would never say it's a good movie, but it's so enjoyable. It's not a good movie. It's also probably an offensive movie, but I also Oh yes, it definitely it. is. But it's yeah. so enjoyable. It's so entertaining. Yeah. It's one of the most entertaining slashers I can imagine. Anyway, yeah. um, yes. back one thing, back, back to Bound. And, and one thing about that scene that I, I, I liked in a way is when uh, Johnny uh, is, before they cut the finger, um, Shelly's lying on the floor and he's beating him up. Like Shelly's not moving anymore. He's, he's like done already. But the way Johnny yeah. beats him up, he's moving like a professional boxer, like dancing around. While he's beating mm-hmm. someone who's just lying on the floor. And it's so, I don't want to move too over into sex too already, but the movie says a lot about masculinity, I think. And I think this scene yeah. is a good example of that. Like this fake masculinity that he feels so proud of beating someone up who doesn't even move anymore. And he acts like, oh, look what I'm doing. I can have, I have these moves and everything. It's almost funny because he looks ridiculous as he's doing it, even though it's also horrifying at the same yes, time. Exactly. Where it's just like, like even the other people in the room who are also critiqued in terms of masculinity, but mm-hmm. they're all looking at him like, what are you doing? You're being yes. ridiculous. But it's like, oh, you're being ridiculous while torturing someone. Yes. Yeah. This is when when uh, Mickey, I think the same of the boss, right, comes in to cut the yeah. finger. He's like, okay, come on. The, the adults are, it's, it's the adults turn now to, to do something yeah. serious, to actually get this done. You had your fun. Uh, mm-hmm. which says a lot about man and violence in, in just this one little moment. Okay, uh, you mentioned another violent scene. We stay with violence. Uh, we, we talk yes. about violence first. We move to sex later when we're done with violence. Yeah. And he said uh, the, the other scene that you would consider very violent is when Caesar beats up Corky uh, or Violet. Beats up uh, Violet. Okay, and Violet. Corky, they're kind of together. I think it's yes. like when he walks in and she's like, hangs up. And he's like, who are you talking to? And like, text. Yes. I think it's, it's, I think it's just because we know her, like Shelly was just like some guy. And then mm-hmm. we... We know nothing about Shelly, like, right? Yeah, like Corky is the main character, but I feel like it's more Violet's story mm-hmm. in like a typical noir fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're like very into what's happening to Violet. Yes. So like when he attacks, you're like, oh no. And even though he's not being as violent, it feels just as like, oh no. I feel yeah, like I mean, this the- is like... Like when people talk about war movies or something where it's like, oh, it's easy to like root for one side so then you don't care when the other's dying type thing. Mm -hmm. It's like that critique of how war films work. I feel like that's kind of just all film in general. You're like, I don't know this guy. But then it's like the second you know someone, you're like, this feels worse. Yeah, I mean, just the the moment he realizes that she is behind all of this, like when when they're planned for the first time in a long, long time, because they they are able to go along with this for so long, even though the movie is Mm -hmm. tense up up until this point. But this is when it goes wrong. And of course, because movies are are movies, you have forgotten that the movie actually starts with them, like with Corky in the the closet and everything. Like we know that things go wrong. And we know movies, things always go wrong. But still, when it happens, we're like, oh, no, even before he gets violent. I think it's also like because it's like the noir and Violet's kind of for at least like half the movie, like a femme fatale Mm -hmm. in that sense. So I think when you see Corky in the beginning and then you like meet uh, Violet trying to seduce her, your first thought is kind of like, well, I can't trust her. So like I remember like the first time watching it, I just kept being like, do do we trust? her is she mm-hmm. so i think at that moment also is sort of when you realize that you actually can trust her mm-hmm. because now it's like no no caesar is the villain yes not 
violet. I feel like yeah. that might also have some sort of like of why it feels so like, oh no, it's like she is the hero and yes. she's being found out. Yeah, we at this point we have come to admire Corky a lot and we have come to 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 hate Caesar as much as possible because he's like yeah. one of the most despicable characters you can imagine. And so that's mm-hmm. the last thing you want is to him for him to have the upper hand in, in any way, especially over yeah. these two, right? And which makes this makes the scene even more tense and, and scary in a way. So it's it's not actually as violent, but it just sort of has more of an emotional response, I guess, mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to say. I don't know yeah, if I'm making yeah. sense, but yeah, you are making a lot of sense, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I think that is a it, it is a really emotional moment, right? And also mm-hmm. because you know violence could happen or is about to happen now, right? Because he's yeah. angry. Uh, we know that he is a very aggressive person, just like all the all the men in this movie, yeah. right? Uh, they're all stupid and aggressive. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure there's something here that they're trying to say about men in this movie. Let's see. Okay, we talked about two violent scenes now. There are other violent mm-hmm. scenes, of course. Yes. For example, what comes to your mind? Uh, when he kills Chino and Johnny. But, I mean, it kind of already said it's more like gunshots, so it doesn't feel as violent because it's not as i guess uh like tortury if that makes sense yes <laughs> like if you ask me would you rather die by gunshot or having your head slammed into a toilet 20 <laughs> times probably pick the gunshot uh. yes for sure <laughs> what makes the scene um, special again is the camera work i would say yeah but also something that i noticed this time is when um when caesar is in this room and he's talking to the others and you know something will happen you, you, you again mm-hmm. you feel the suspense but what you see is that he's scared yeah it's one of the only times where he looks really weak and and like not in control or at least that he realizes that he's not in control and that he's scared to actually do what he has to do which i think mm-hmm. gives the whole scene a, a different vibe because he knows and, if he starts shooting, there's no way back. And it's because he keeps also trying to be like, they made me do it. Which yes. is weird considering his whole job is being violent. Yes. yes. Yet, like when he does this, he is like scared of what he's done. And the fear, of course, is not masculine. And then before he stu- yeah. shoots, he closes his eyes, which I found so interesting. Like he's so, okay, yeah. he gets emotional in a way to say, okay, I'm willing to do this. I'm giving into this urge now. Which is normally not what you see in, in gangster movies when, when men shoot each other, like that they close their yeah. eyes and, okay, this is an important moment for me. Um, yeah, like his whole arc is, like you kind of think that he's going to be one note, but then he ends up be having this whole like paranoid breakdown yes. and that's sort of what causes it all. Yeah. And I think that's pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. And this scene is the highlight, I think, of all of this because it... Yeah. And the, the shooting happens and then you get close-ups, you get Bill Pope doing everything he can imagine. There's one moment that almost looked like bullet time yeah. when the when the camera's moving around the gun and so on. And I thought, oh, wow, I, I hadn't realized that they, in a way, tried this already before The Matrix. Yeah. Not as a sophisticated... I, noticed, I, I just noticed that too, where I was like, well, that's kind of like, you could see how they got there. Yeah. It's a little moment. It's not much, but it's, it's yeah. you clearly can see the, 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 the beginning of yeah. an idea here. And then mm-hmm. I also like the ending that he keeps pulling the trigger, even though the gun is empty and everyone is dead. And you and just hear like the clicking he just noise. Keeps, yeah. just keeps doing because he's just so like lost at this point. that he's like, yes. I just have to be super violent. Yeah. I have to kill everyone that comes by. But he's still, he's like, I think all of this shows that he, he is not a killer. Like he's scared before it happens. He closes his eyes. Yeah. He keeps pulling the trigger. Like this is not what he likes to do. He's not cold blooded when yeah, it comes to like this. He, he is involved in torture, but it's interesting because also when Johnny 
like they have the most beef during like this part of the film because Johnny like lost his cool and killed someone when um, Caesar wanted information. But then you're also when watching this moment sort of like, wow, was he mad just because he lost the information or also because someone died and that makes him scared? Yeah, I mean, maybe Caesar's actually scared of violence, right? I, yeah. I think there's there's something to that. The way he he actually, because he he doesn't do any torturing, right? He doesn't like it. Yeah. He calls jo- Johnny a, a psychopath, you know, and he doesn't mm-hmm. like him because he's really violent. So yeah, maybe, maybe he's just not a, a fan of violence. And he yeah. only uses it when he feels like he has no other choice. Mm-hmm. Which I think you had mentioned like masculinity and how the film sort of cons- like deconstructing that. I think that might be part of it in the sense of needing to live up to this sort mm-hmm. of like masculine image where he's like, when things are going wrong, it's sort of like, well, you should just run. But then even though he's so terrified, he picks the like more violent option because he's like, that's what I have to do. Yes. Which I think is is pretty interesting. Yes, it is. Yeah, you're right. And I mean, afterwards, even more, like as you said, then he becomes even more paranoid and he becomes much more aggressive after he he got like, and we don't know if he has ever killed anyone before, right? We don't yeah. learn anything about that, but it kind of feels like it was his first time. Especially like th- he closes his eyes. And, like, yeah. I mean, we, we, we get to sex in a moment, but I think there is a connection between those two topics in this movie. I think- yeah. in, you could say like just like Violet discovers something new about her sexuality maybe he also discovers something about himself when it comes to violence the way he he commits the violence and how it changes him and also before the shooting happens they all talk and there's like violent innuendo like they're all talking about something and we get a lot of sexual innuendo of course which we'll talk about in a moment but I I thought there again there's like a similarity between those two uh uh, elements yeah I think yeah, I, I never really noted, but now that you're saying it, I'm like, oh, there is sort of a sexual aspect to that scene, even if it's not like really sexual or, but it's still like, just like little hints of it throughout. Yeah, I, I, I noticed it when they were talking and, and they were like, oh yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing? And you know, okay, they're actually all talking about violence now, but no one is saying it. Just like yeah. earlier, Corky and Violet are talking about sex without actually saying it. And there must be a connection there. There's uh, also li- another connection. Is it like as how, how I was just talking about like not seeing it made it feel more violent. Mm-hmm. I feel like they kind of film the sex scenes in similar ways where it's like lots of shadow and you're oh, not yes. really seeing it. And then that makes it feel sexier and hotter. Okay, we get, um, we get to that. We get to that. That's yeah. Not, that's not, uh, but I feel like ahead. that's... Yeah, yeah, you're right. Just you're like right. The That's parallel a really good point. of like yes. they like film and discuss sex and violence in like similar ways. I mean, the the stylization of everything is the greatest when it comes to sex and violence in this film, right? That's when the camera yeah. does the most movement, uh, mm-hmm. when when the slow motion happens, when the close ups happen, and so on and so on. So uh, yeah, I think there's definitely an a really like they they really know how to use sex and violence in this film. Which, which I think uh, I think that was sort of their point making it. Like they said, they were just sort of like, well, there's going to be a lot of sex and violence because that sells, but we're going to do it right. <laughs> it was kind of discouraging to read that again. Many people also compared it to Tarantino, and and I mean Tarantino is always called to stylize violence, but if you talk about stylized violence and you look at Tarantino movies and you look at this movie, like it, the, the difference couldn't be bigger. When yeah. I, when I watched Found, I couldn't imagine how you would call Tarantino violence stylized because it's not stylized. It's just like 
I don't know, like even matter of fact, and it's just extreme maybe sometimes. Or like the, I think with Tarantino, the violence isn't stylized, but the violence is the style. If that oh, makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yes. Yeah, that's a really, yeah, that's that's probably it. Yeah. Like I mean, he they uses... bonded first over just hating Tarantino. That's how we <laughs> met on Filmstagram. So. Well, if anyone listens to this and knows that I uh, don't doesn't know that I have a problem with Tarantino and violence, then uh, they are they're wrong. Or maybe they get interested. I don't know. Uh, I haven't yeah. talked about the Tarantino movie on here yet, but I could imagine that some Tarantino movie could pop up here because of yeah. course. But again, uh, yeah, dispiriting is the word I was looking for earlier because yeah. how could you compare Bound to Tarantino? Like I, they couldn't be more different. Yeah, one is exploitative and the other is not. Yeah, and, and that's one not has even, like emotions. Like, yeah, one is emotional. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tarantino also would probably call his own films exploitative. He just doesn't see that that's a problem. Uh, so. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He takes it as a compliment. Okay, maybe the last violent scene before we can move on to sex is uh, Caesar's death, I would argue, because it's also yes. highly stylized. See, that's um, what I was wondering if we should talk about it in the violent part or the sex part. <laughs> yes, and maybe that's a good way to, to end this section, to talk about this scene, and then we move over to sex, because, yeah, why would you say uh, it, it's hard to categorize? I think it's, it's, I wouldn't necessarily call the scene sexual, but I would say that the scene is like the culmination of Jennifer Tilly's story in this, yes. which is sort of about, I think, like sex and gender. And it ends in violence, but it feels very like it has a lot to do with the sex aspect. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. What I noticed earlier too is that she has no hesitation. Like the men are, sometimes they commit violence, but they also worry about it more. When she's locked in a bathroom while Caesar's doing his thing, and then she just goes through the corpses in the in the bathtub, mm -hmm. and she has no problems with that. Like she just does what she needs to do. She doesn't care that, that she mm -hmm. gets her hands bloody. That's something I noticed. And then, of course, in the end, when she, when she shoots him, and there's this 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 combination. Like this whole scene is very cathartic when he's shot yeah. and maybe mm -hmm. that's what makes it sexual in a way too like it, yeah it's... that's just, that's sort of like feel of release that is yes. sort of coded sexually <laughs> and i mean and then he like like falls into this white paint of course i mean yeah. i don't want to overinterpret here but i don't mm -hmm. know if there's a sexual <laughs> aspect to that as well yeah i think a little i think but it's it's almost a release for him too in yeah. a way oh yeah like it feels yeah. like the sexual aspect is actually more about him than her in terms of like the actual like death rather than her shooting him if that makes sense like her yeah. shooting him is her finally releasing him from her like understanding of self of just sort of like letting go of him and then him dying feels like he it's also like his release of all of the paranoia and masculine energy that he has been sort of like panicking and frantic with for like the past hour in the movie. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh, that's a very interesting thought. I like that a lot. And then he falls into the paint and then the, the white yep. paint mixes with the blood. Um, yeah. <laughs> Finally, in a way, we did like the we, we these two colors, white and red, are throughout the movie. And then, like in mm -hmm. again, there's an, a transition after his death. We see the transition. We see the apartment, and we see like white and red right next to each other. Okay, but uh, that brings us to sex. So, yes. same question here. I, I never want to say it's an obvious question with any movie because it's very subjective. But what would you say is the most sexual scene in this movie? I mean, I think I would probably. I mean, we talked about like the sexual nature of some of the violent scenes, but 
obviously, I, I do think it's obvious in this movie at least, <laughs> like the two sex scenes are probably the most sexual. Yes, yeah. obviously, so, right? And I think it's sometimes not obvious in other movies because they don't actually film the sex in a sexy way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, know, I watch a lot of movies and I'm usually when it's a sex scene, I'm like, oh, well, this is objectifying. So it takes mm-hmm. you out of the like sex part and more into the like, why are they doing it like this? Mm-hmm. Whereas this movie actually manages to make it feel sexy while not mm-hmm. showing a whole lot and also not objectifying them. Mm-hmm. which is very rare for lesbian sex in movies. Definitely. I mean, for yeah. sex in general, as you say, for sex scenes in general, it's 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 very rare. And I, I don't know if you read that too, that they had like a, a, an expert on set. Yeah. Right? Which is for kind of, scenes. I think looking at it now, we know like intimacy coordinators exist and it's sort of like, yeah. it's kind of like the predecessor of that. And it makes a lot of sense that they brought someone on. It makes and sense, it also but of course... Makes yeah. At the time, it was very unusual to do something like yeah. that. Right? But I also think it makes sense considering that they, at the time, were closeted trans lesbians. And the fact that they asked someone else's opinion, I think, says a lot. Yes, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, I, again, when I was reading through some reviews and I tried to look at some reviews that didn't like the movie, and, and one review I read by a man, of course, was like, Oh, yeah. And then the two dudes think it's sexy to just show the two women naked in a sex scene because it's very exploitative. And I was like, this didn't age well. <laughs> like, this, it is not exploitative. I no, of course never, not. I just, especially compared to what most sex scenes actually are, and especially compared to what lots of lesbian sex scenes actually are, to say that this one feels exploitative is weird. Especially in the 90s. You know, for yeah. a 90s sex scene, this is not exploitative. It's so, it's again, yeah. it's highly stylized. If we talk about the main sex scene now, like the, mm-hmm. the way the camera moves, there's no cut, like the camera moves yeah. around them and just keeps going and, and going and heavy going. shadow. Yes. Which yeah. also adds to both like the style, but also I would say it adds to like the sexiness because it's sort of like hiding some things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like people just think if you see breasts in movies, then it is inherently objectifying. Yes. And I don't think that's true. <laughs> And I think this is a good example of it. It is. It definitely is. And of course, I mean, you can only imagine that people consider it exploitative because it's lesbian, because it's too women. Yeah. Something you wouldn't say if it was a, a heterosexual yeah. sex scene, then, then people wouldn't call it exploitative as easily. I think what makes the scene also so special is that it's clear that this the sex they're having has meaning. It's not just pointless. Yeah. It's not just sex for sex sake. Yeah, it's clear that like this is like a huge part of the movie. Like they're like, this scene is important. Yes. Because <laughs> I again, mean, not that's just... the, the whole, what the movie is about is about their relationship. Mm-hmm. I assume you heard that like when they were trying to pitch this movie. Yes. Tell many, that story. Many people, many, many like male producers, etc. were all like, well, we'd make this story if you could just like, why not just make Corky a man? And the Wachowski sisters were like, well, that story's been told so we're not interested in it but i would also argue that not has it just been told but if you change it the entire film has like no meaning <laughs> if exactly, you make corky yeah. a man yes exactly yeah there's it's, like it's... no stakes no meaning anymore like 
the point I mean, sure. is that it's two lesbians. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, of course, you could imagine a, a world where uh, where it was a man and a woman, and they could still try to make a point about masculinity, but it wouldn't be the same movie in any yeah. way, right? And it also, I think, making Corky a man ruins Violet's story too. Of course. Of course. Yeah. I mean, um, not to not to move away, but like when the first sex we see in this movie, we don't see it. We just hear again through the wall the way she's having sex yes. with Caesar. Which is, again, the opposite. It's completely meaningless to her. Yep. And she like points out, she's like, it's not sex, it's work. Exactly. And that's yeah. why the sex scene between her and Corky is so different. Because you feel and you see and the way it is shot, you know, this is different. Yeah. This is different for her as well. Yeah. And even like the first like sex scene where they're just like on the couch after mm -hmm. she gets the ring. Um, yes. It's so clear that this is something that Jennifer Tilly's character actually like desires. Mm -hmm. Like it's very, like, it's very like she constructed the whole thing. And I think at this point you are still sort of like, do I trust her? Yes. That's what I wanted but to I say. Yeah. As she keeps going, you're just like, like her attraction to Corky is just like becomes more and more undeniable. I mean, the way she calls her over so that yeah. she can do some handiwork, you know, it's like such a cliche in any mm -hmm. other movie and that's that's right yeah that's why you could think oh can you even trust her is she just using her is she doing that all the time yeah i feel like it's still like a cliche in this movie but like on purpose like you like yes. quirky also kind of knows what's going on she's like oh you, yes. you dropped your earring did you yeah. okay i'll get it out <laughs> yeah and also but also the way it is filmed you know it's like oh they they make handiwork seem sexy in a yeah. way, you know, it's so interesting. Again, compared to when when Corky hears the sex uh, between uh, Violet and Caesar earlier, and it's like meaningless, we have another transition to her like drilling in a dirty toilet. Yeah. <laughs> Which again is of course intentional, right? Mm -hmm. There is a comparison, but when she gets the, the ring out, it's like, and, and then there is the sex scene, which is not as explicit, but still, and I, I checked the time and it's like, they, they are getting, getting it on in a way in under 15 minutes. It happens so fast. And yeah. in another movie, it wouldn't happen so fast, I think. Exactly. Yeah. It's interesting because there's like two sex scenes early on. And then there's like none for the rest of the movie. But the movie is like remembered as being super sexy. And I think it's actually just because one, it's rare to see lesbians have sex on screen. Yes. Two, it's rare to see lesbians have sex on screen in a not exploitative way. And then three, mm -hmm. I think it's rare to see sex scenes that are genuinely like sexy in terms of how they're filmed exactly yeah and again yeah. and because they have meaning that's why you don't need more sex mm -hmm. scenes because they've established everything we need to know about these two characters with the sex scene this exactly. is something that almost never happens in movies right that the sex yeah. has so much meaning for them for us for the whole movie mm -hmm. and then they don't need it anymore yeah it's also interesting because uh so when i watched this the first time it was for school um and my professor is also a lesbian and they were just like talking about when they first saw this and how the thing that stuck out to them the most was seeing the more like femme one top the butch one mm, which is also yeah. interesting and I think says a lot about the characters as well where Corky is at first trying to be like well there's a huge difference between you and me but then even from the sex scene we sort of know that there isn't because it mm -hmm. seems like they can both play both sides 
Yeah, that's even though that feels a little them, weird yeah. to be like they can play both sides if I'm talking about tops and bottoms, but still. no, but you're right, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I mean, very that's... rare to see the butch not be the top, yeah, which she I mean, it... kind of is in the other scene, but not in the like main sex scene. <laughs> yeah, you're right, that's a good point. Yeah, you're right. They're like the, the differences have like evaporated already, which foreshadows the ending, of course, the final line, yeah. right. The difference between mm-hmm. you and me and then there's like then there's no there's no difference right we we are mm-hmm. very very yeah. similar okay i want to point out something and i have i i, I don't know if i have a question I, I have a weird thought and i feel mm-hmm. weird about it as a man to talk about this whole thing no i don't feel too weird about it i mean I have a, a yeah. podcast about sex so i don't feel too weird about it um okay what i want to tell you is now what the the parents guide says about the sex scene because again oh, okay. of course the parents guide is written what... by people often who are worried about what's happening yeah and I, I need some help with this. So it says following, two women kiss multiple times throughout the film. Okay. One mm-hmm. scene shows the two of them in bed, one on top of the other, both engaging in hardcore tribadism. Yeah, in- exactly. <laughs> uh, people can hardcore. see your look right now, but that's that's not a word you normally see. And I had to look it up. I don't know if you know what that's supposed to mean. Do you know what it's hardcore. supposed to mean? Okay. So let what me tribadism Google. means? Try, but I know that I should know that word. The issue is also that uh, I also, you're like, oh, I feel weird talking about the lesbian sex as a man, but I'm also like, I feel weird talking about the lesbian sex as an asexual person. <laughs> well, I Even mean, the though, movie is for everyone, right? And yeah. uh, it's, we, we love the movie and we love what it's showing. So we are willing to learn even uh, what it, uh, what hardcore tribalism is supposed to be. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's what I thought it was. And that's yes. not what's happening in the movie. Tribalism not really. is kind of the other word for like scissoring. Yeah. And, that, and I thought, not. yeah, no, I thought also thought, no, that's not what they're doing. But now what we're talking about that I had this, this thought of, like, because we talked about the torture scene and we wondered if these are called scissors. And now I wondered if there is a connection again or if I'm just making things up now. I, I mean, I think there might be if they actually were doing that, but then they weren't. <laughs> I think it's just like scissoring is a very common, like, lesbian sex stereotype. Yes. So it's not that it doesn't happen, but it's <laughs> usually doesn't happen the way porn and movies portray it to happen Mm -hmm. i did like a whole unnecessary analysis of the scissoring and handmaiden once i was like hope i don't get demonetized Uh, (laughs) it's not demonetized on instagram what is it community guideline blocked or whatever you don't have to Uh, worry about that here at all yeah (laughs) i think it's just sort of like because they're having sex the person just decided that they were scissoring when they're actually fingering. Or to yeah, exactly, the, yes. Yeah, like in Seed of Chucky, they even acknowledge it. Have you seen Seed of... You have. Yes, uh, I have. When she's like, bound is on cable. Gina Gershon's fingering me. <laughs> <laughs> like they even acknowledge it. It's like they are... It's very obvious what form of sex they're doing. Yeah. I mean, the scene is... <laughs> I don't... Listen, yeah. the, the camera shows enough even with the shadow so yeah. it's really weird and i mean i just wonder like when whoever wrote that that entry i can't imagine that tribalism is a word they they knew you know i can only imagine they looked it yeah. up and maybe thought oh this is what it is and then they used that word instead of scissoring but then hardcore tribalism like what is that supposed to be it's like one i wouldn't even call it hardcore fingering and it's no. also not 
like it's not hardcore and it's not tribalism. <laughs> yeah, it's and what would softcore tribalism be? Like yeah, they have their pants think, on? I, I mean, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's so weird. <laughs> you'd think if someone knew that word, they'd know that they were wrong. Do not understand. Parent guides, I think, are always fun. I think especially for a film like this, it's super funny where I'm like, well, don't show this to a kid for <laughs> yeah. obvious reasons. <laughs> like it's rated R for a reason. I mean, of there's course. definitely something to be said about how sex in movies especially in america people are like oh if there's sex then it's automatically like rated mm -hmm. up here and kids can't watch it but like we're more allowing violence like we watch superhero movies all the time and i mean i know in like the first iron man there is a sex scene but i think it's pretty obvious why in most of the other mcu movies it's not there because mm -hmm. they're trying to market it as like family despite course, the fact yeah. that they're all action movies where people are at least beating each other up, if not killing yes. each other. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. It's even yeah. weirder. Uh, in Germany, it's the other way around. So a movie gets a higher rating if it's too violent, but not, not if it's yeah. sexual. Which I think it makes more sense. I still wouldn't necessarily show a kid in like an explicit sex scene like this, but there's so many other reasons also to not show this film to a child. <laughs> It's so clearly not made for one that you wonder why people in the parent guide are like, just letting they do scissor each other, which isn't true. Hardcore. Uh, yeah. Hardcore. Hardcore scissoring. Yeah. Also known as tribalism, of course, as we like to call yes. it in our house. I don't yeah. know. And this is the yeah, only when you entry said that, about that. I was sex. like, tribalism, isn't that scissoring? Like, but they don't. And that's why I had to Google it. I was like, am I wrong? No. They're wrong. <laughs> yes, they are wrong. And again, this is the only entry about sex in the parents' guide, which is so weird because the movie, I mean, I wouldn't say the movie is full of sex, but again, we mentioned the other sex scene earlier, which is not as explicit. They talk about sex all the time. Yeah, it's so, noted for sex a lot <laughs> in both the, good and bad ways. Yes. Okay, then let's talk about what, what other sex this movie has. Again, we talked about a, a lot of things already. Um, I Like when I wrote my notes, I, I was like writing like, handiwork is sexy now, painting is sexy now, because yeah. they, made, they managed to make all of this sexy in a way, which is so Yeah, like when she's like, un, like doing the drain and you yeah. see the water coming, it almost kind of foreshadows the fact that she is about to finger her. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like yeah. that sort it like, it's supposed to like almost look like my left just be like it looks like cum <laughs> but I yeah. think that's kind of the point that sort of like yes liquid between her fingers and you're like yeah and then like you know she's standing in the back with like trying to get like her legs to be as sexy as possible <laughs> yeah and that's just not something like if movies do that at all it's normally again it's it's when you can't trust her it's when it's an evil lesbian or something yeah. And what is so great about this film is that it's it, it's getting clear so fast that this is not what this is about. This is real in a way. For I mean, yeah. we don't know. Like this like, is we don't actual know. attraction. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. And it's so different from all the 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 sexuality we see from men, of course. Right. I mean, it, it, it is noted in in the production notes that Jennifer Tilly uses a different voice when she talks to men, and that's why all the men are attracted to her because she talks like really girly and high pitched and and so on and so mm -hmm. on. But she doesn't talk that way too too quirky. Um, yeah, I mean, she has a very distinctive voice, even if she's talking to quirky. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's interesting. It wasn't the role that she had before this uh, Bullets Over Broadway. Yeah, right. It must have been. Yeah, right. Which I think is almost like a similar, it's like the mean-spirited version of this role. Where she yeah, in a way, is yeah. like the mob's girlfriend, but she's like a dumb idiot bimbo. And like she talks like that and her voice is so annoying. And in this movie, they're like, no, she's, they all think she's the bimbo, but she's actually extremely smart. And... Sexy. Which Caesar doesn't realize until he's killed, in a way, right? Yeah. Like, he, he yeah. even until the very end, he still hasn't understood what, what she's actually capable of. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, so, Jennifer Tilly, I said, so she originally was trying to read for Corky, which I find interesting, because I yes, wasn't very picture her doing that. No. Um, but then she realized that she sort of relates to Violet which I think that makes a lot of sense considering she had just done Bullets Over Broadway, which is kind of a movie that just makes fun of her voice the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> it's from 94, Where, so you're absolutely right, right? Yeah. This is it's almost right before it. Yeah, I mean, Woody Allen. <laughs> but yeah. Let's uh, not talk about Woody Allen. Yeah, she's, she said that she sort of like used to being like undermined and people not understanding what she can do. Mm-hmm. And it said that this is her favorite role she's done. And I think it makes a lot of sense to like go into this role where it's like you can play so many different parts here. Like Mm -hmm. you can be sort of like the bimbo, but it's an act and you can also be smart. And like she's a really good actress here. And I think a lot of times when people talk about Jennifer Tilly, they're normally talking about like her voice and that she's like hot and they aren't really talking about talent, but she's very talented yeah especially here especially <laughs> yeah. in, in in bound especially because as here. you say yeah because she shows those two sides and in a way she makes fun of her persona in a way already which yeah. kind of makes sense that she became what she became in in, in bright of jackie and so on right because mm-hmm. she like perfected this whole idea of, of making fun of herself in a way and not that she's mm-hmm. really making fun of herself here but i mean there is something to it right and i think the, yeah. the bullets of a broadway reference is is apt right i mean this is her only oscar nomination is bullets of a broadway like where she plays this dumb stereotype yeah, exactly. Which is, yeah, I find it so annoying to me that she was nominated for Bullets Over Broadway and not Bound. Well, <laughs> of course, Bound was out of the discussion yeah. for anything. So, um, yeah, I mean, and yeah, I, it makes course. sense. I'm just like, but this is the role. She would have yes, won. <laughs> yes, in a perfect world, yeah. she would have won for Bound. Um, yeah. I also, I kind of had forgotten, I don't know why, that uh, Gina Gershon, which I also think is great in here, that oh, yeah, she had she been in Showgirls good. already. I somehow yeah. thought it was the other way around. I, I, I still haven't seen that... Showgirls, but then I saw, I was like, oh, she was in Showgirls and then went to this. And I'm like, wow, what a, what a hard cut. <laughs> yeah. Again, in my memory, it was the other way around because I always thought of Bound as her breakout movie. But again, I yeah. mean, she was in Showgirls and she has a big role in Showgirls, one of the biggest roles. Yeah. Uh, so it's not... Um, and I mean, I was always a little bit disappointed that she she didn't have more of a career because I think she's really great in here as well. Yeah, I remember of course. Uh, she's in Riverdale now. And I remember when I saw that she was in Riverdale, like, that's what she's doing now. She can only it, do Riverdale. Isn't like everyone in Riverdale? I'm not, I'm not watching I mean, Riverdale, that's so true. I can't tell. I think, but... uh, yeah, I think she was like Jughead's mom or something. I'm like, you're just doing a guest appearance in Riverdale, but you're so talented. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she was in Face Off a year later, 
Oh, that, that is something that no yeah. one remembers, right? Because the yeah. movie is overshadowed by everything else. But if you look at, at her filmography, that like that's that's about it. Like there is not much else, not many other movies that stand out in any way, which is really, I think it's it's a kind of a shame. Uh, I mean, Jennifer yeah. Tilly at least had had a, a very interesting career afterwards, but Gina Gershon, yeah. no, it's a lot of TV and it's a lot of well things. Yeah. No I mean, remembers. Jennifer Tilly, I think, I do love the Chucky movies, but she still hasn't had, like, huge roles in most no. things after, which is sad, because both of them are so good. I also think, um, I can never remember what his name is, but Joey Pants is what I call him. He's also I, I really good in this. He is really good in this as well, yeah. yeah. And he hasn't um, done a whole lot. I mean, he was in Matrix. I mean, yeah. But, yeah. That's that's definitely. I mean, he probably made more money from what yeah. he was able to do later than than Jennifer Tilly and Gina Gershon uh, were able to do. He was a Memento, right? He had also a big role in Memento. Oh, that's we shouldn't forget right. that he wasn't. So he did do a little more. Yeah, and he is like he's in the Bad Boys movies and and so on, which he was in oh, the year before okay. already. So I mean, he was in The Sopranos, like. Okay, so all these things that I haven't seen, so I didn't realize. I'm just looking at the filmography. Okay. I, I didn't remember that, but it's it's yeah. it's a big difference. Like he he definitely had more opportunities. And again, yeah. you're right; he's great in here as well. No, oh, question yeah. like he that. does deserve it. It's just that they also deserve it. But all three have bound as they're known for uh, on IMDb as yeah, one of their good. four movies that are known for. Uh, again, good. Gina Gershon has Bound. It, it, she has Showgirls. She has Face Off and. Uh, Killer Joe from 2011, which I still haven't seen. Yeah, uh, I, I don't even Tilly, know what it is. I think is it's it... a, a William Friedkin movie, if I remember correctly. One of his later movies. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And let me guess, Jennifer Tilly is bound in three Chucky movies. No. <gasps> only two Chucky movies. But you know what the fourth movie is because you talked about it already. Wait, did I? What did I? Oh, Bullets of a well, it's over Broadway, of course. Yeah, okay. Animation, so, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. Yeah, it does. Okay, now we, uh, we moved away a little bit from our actual yes. topic. Um, there are some, I, I have some things about sex in my notes as well, but it's so much. Um, there, because there's so many little things uh, about this. Uh, I love when Gina Gershon, when Corky uh, talks about when she compares stealing to sex. And she talks about yeah. foreplay and everything. This is like, it, it, it's it's brilliant dialogue as well. We haven't pointed that out as well, mm -hmm. but I think, I mean, the movie's filmed great and the performance are great, but it's also written really, really well. They really know what they are yeah. doing here. I think what's also fun about that moment is that before that, her and Jennifer Tilly had sort of had like the argument uh, where <laughs> Jennifer Tilly tried to be like, no, this is work and it's, it's I'm not that dissimilar to you. And then when, um, Corky kind of storms out. She's like, trying not to steal anything on the way out um, in a way that is sort of like, and so then when they meet later and then Gina Gershon's like, okay, so stealing is kind of like sex, which is almost exactly what Jennifer Tilly was trying to say before, yeah. but was dismissed for it. But yeah, but you're right. It shows that they are quite similar. When yeah. they hatch out the plan, I was also like, if I think about it, they like they make really dangerous plans considering that they don't know each other at all in a way they've just met yeah. they just said sex like it's not actually it's not clever to to get caught up in this um mm -hmm. and which i, I, I feel like part it works, of it but... yeah is it it's like sort of that half and half of i think the movie's trying to be like oh but they're like clearly so attracted to each other and then the other half is just like it, movie logic <laughs> <laughs> yes of course of course <laughs> 
it, it doesn't happen often that I think something like that. But at this moment, I was like, yeah. and again, I had seen the movie before. I just thought that yesterday, but I thought, hey, yeah. you don't actually know who you're getting into. And in yeah, a, it's like in you a don't really movie, know them. Yeah. In a lesser movie, there would be kind of a twist or someone trying to betray the other, right? You could yeah. imagine that well, easily. I, I, I think that is sort of maybe part of it with Jennifer Tilly's character where you are still sort of like, but is she trying to pin it on? Do you know, is she gonna betray her? And like all of that fun femme fatale stuff that they kind of break down. Yeah, but it's never made explicit. You never really have yeah. a reason to doubt her. And I think that what makes, this is one reason that makes the movie really strong because you can believe in her and in both and in their relationship, even if it's on mm-hmm. shaky ground and they don't know each other very well, but yeah, keeps you going through the movie and, and past all the stupid men who can't see anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's sort of like the reason we don't trust her is not actually because of anything she's doing, but just because of the genre. Yes. And it's just sort of like, oh, well, you don't trust that woman. You can't trust this type of woman. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But we are proven wrong again mm-hmm. and again. Uh, one thing uh, which is not explicitly sex, but more about uh, a gender again, when we talked about masculinity, one thing when mm-hmm. uh, when when Caesar discovers that she's actually betraying him is that also that that he has to realize and he can't really realize it that she's much more clever than him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that she has a better brain than he ever has. And of course, he, yeah. he has seen her as just like this, this, this woman on his side who doesn't mean anything to him. Well, not that mm-hmm. much. She's there for sex and that's it. And then he also just has such a hard time understanding that uh, she's queer. Yes, of <laughs> like course. Even, of like course. So, when he sees Corky, I mean, there's that moment when like he first walks in on them and yeah. he's like, who's this man? Oh, it's just, it's just a butch lesbian kind of thing of like, oh. And then exactly, yeah. when he like, when she goes to like help Jennifer Tilly later and he like puts the gun to her head and she turns around, he's like, you? And he looks so genuinely shocked. And then he immediately is like, what did you do to her? Like, <laughs> yes. how did you get her? Like, you're the one, when we also just watched that Jennifer Tilly was the one who was actively trying to seduce Corky. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> Where it's just sort of that sort of like evil gaze, especially since... Gina Gershon is the more like identifiable gay because she's butch, whereas Jennifer Tilly sort of like passes because she's more feminine. Exactly, yeah. Where he just has such a like, he can't wrap his head around the fact that she's clever and she's queer. And in that moment, he's just like, how did, what did you do to her? And what did, did and he can't figure it out. Yeah. And she is she has a much easier time using violence to get what she needs compared to him, mm-hmm. right? She doesn't, yeah. she's not scared. She doesn't close her eyes. She just shoots him. Yeah, like he closes his eyes or she just looks him right in the eye and she's like, Caesar, you don't know shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just this comparison shows everything the movie is trying to say. Like he's he's living, in his head, he only knows the tropes that these movies normally have, you know? Yeah. And they are both proof that there is something different. Like they, they don't yeah. live this way and they only are able to do that because all the man cannot think in any different way. Like mm-hmm. it, Violet in the end also gets away because she keeps pretending to be to, to, uh, not, I forgot his name, Mickey. Is that the boss where she keeps pretending? And he's like, are you sure? Because he's like in love with her as well. And, but she can just play yeah. him so easily. She knows exactly what she has to it's do. It's sort of something where you almost kind of like Mickey more than the others. Cause you're like, well, at least he's nice, but it's like, even though he's like 
nicer. He is still putting her into this very specific box that is just like, well, you're just this. I'll be nice to you because you're just this. I mean, a, a kind of yeah. this that he likes probably more than other wives and girlfriends that he meets. Yeah. But still, of course, it, even he wouldn't could not fathom that she is anything else but this. That that's why she can fool him yeah. so easily. She just mm-hmm. has to look innocent and sad, and then he's like, "Oh no." And he's like, "Oh, girl. it's just a sad, innocent woman," which is also like Caesar at the end. He's just like. Oh, you're just so sad. Like you, you can't do it. You don't want to shoot me. And she's just like, "Yeah, I do." But <laughs> yes, exactly. Which yeah. I mean, there's potentially something to be said of like, well, why, why are we rooting for her to be so violent in this moment? Yes, I think it's maybe I'm using like the sort of like movie logic as a crutch. Like in Midsummer, when people had criticisms of the ending, being like, well, he doesn't deserve to die. <laughs> and it's like, well, he doesn't deserve to die in real life. But because it's a horror movie, that like he deserves to die, if that makes sense. Of course, <laughs> like it that makes sort sense. of and- slasher logic of like, Rowdy, like you do something wrong, the film will punish you. And it's usually like death. <laughs> And I think ah, oh, this this is something that upsets me when when people yeah. are not willing to go along with a movie. And it's different if like you have like a vigilante movie where people are where, where it's just explicitly said you did something bad now you can be killed that's it. And where this is used as a justification that death is a is a is an answer. But like in movies like Midsommar or Bound, like this is not clearly not meant to be taken. Yeah, and I think real. in Bound there is also like. It's not like pure self-defense in the sense of like, it probably wouldn't hold up in court in the sense of like, <laughs> he wasn't act- actively attacking her in this moment when she shoots him. But it's also like, well, if she doesn't shoot him, you know, she's about to die. Of course, of course. Yeah. So it is. It is he's and, trying and... to get his gun too. So it's so, I think there's also that aspect, but you are just sort of like, ha, die, bitch. <laughs> so... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Again, as I said before, like he, we we will not miss him. Like you can argue whatever you want if death is yeah. justified, but like no one will miss this guy. Again, I, I mentioned the final line already when they talk about the difference between them. Mm-hmm. And what I what I love is sometimes movies can be too on the nose, and sometimes I think it's perfect. And it's like they have this yeah. line, and then the song plays, and it's she's a lady, and yeah. it's like I think it's so perfect. It's such a, a perfect needle drop. Yeah, it's it's one of the, it's like it's both on the nose but also just so satisfying i think it's also like we can breathe now at this point because the rest of the movie had been so like tense and claustrophobic and it's like we can breathe now and it's on the nose and it just feels right and then drive away and the song is playing and it's like yeah Yeah. women women great right yeah better than which actually (laughs) so that that does bring me to a point i think what this film does really is it manages to do like both the sort of like masculine feminine woman um thing Mm -hmm. whereas I feel like like you know like slashers are we've talked about this with like Halloween and stuff like Mm -hmm. slashers are famous for like that sort of Freudian logic and Mm -hmm. then like the final girl is sort of like supposed to be masculine in like action and like she's like proactive and she's like stabbing which is mm-hmm. like phallic and she's trying to be like intelligent and so which are like things that they're like oh she's not being emotional she's being like masculine so that the men in the audience can mm-hmm. relate mm-hmm. 
but I think a lot of times when things are like there's sort of there's also the hatred of feminine women in a way where it's like oh girly girls with their makeup and their mm-hmm. hair and their clothes and they're just so annoying and but then there's sort of the reverse of if a woman is too masculine which I think would be like you know butch lesbians mm-hmm. a lot of it's like the those are like butch lesbians are not respected at all no you're right yeah and they're also not really in movies that much. Or I'm often thinking, in negative ways. Yeah, it's like negative or, yeah, like I think the two movies that I'm thinking of are this one. And then I was thinking of uh, Coffee, one of the Pam Greer movies where oh, yeah, like yeah, she's yeah. in a bar with, and it's like oh, yeah. to a fight with a bunch of like butch lesbians and stuff. But like, and I, I mean, the other example I can only think of, of like is maybe like Orange is the New Black and then a bunch of like underground indie low budget like mm-hmm. queer films made by lesbians but those I mean, aren't really known we um, haven't talked about that scene where Crocky goes to the lesbian bar right yeah which also feels which, different than normally those scenes go where we often have mm-hmm. like again as you mentioned like the scene in coffee for example i mean it's the 70s where where this was really really bad and many exploitation films but this yeah. scene here feels different right it just feels like yeah. she's going to a bar to hook up with someone and, and it's and- also that the person that they invited to come sort of who is like a sex educator to help with the sex scenes exactly, is like a yeah. cameo in this scene yes. and brought along her lesbian friends so yes. almost everyone in the bar is actually gay. Yeah. <laughs> which is fun. <laughs> and I think helps with the feeling of it not being super exploitative. Yes. I don't know. It's like what I keep coming back to like reading reading reviews of the time of this movie who dismissed the film. It it's just so sad to see that so many people couldn't see how much care was taken for all of that. To yeah. really do something and not just rip off the cones or Tarantino and just say, oh, but hey, it's lesbians and that's our twist. It's yeah. so much more than that. There's so much going on in this film. Yeah, there, there's just, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> like the ideal woman in film kind of is sort of what I was talking about with like the slasher where it's like she's masculine and like action. And I'm also saying like masculine and feminine and sort of like, societally understood terms not that like actually violence is inherently masculine I don't necessarily think that's true <laughs> I think it's mm-hmm. just like taught to be of course but, so like she has to be like masculine and like action and like interests and like so she can't be like girly she can't be interested in makeup like the final mm-hmm. girl is a little more tomboyish yes but always hot yes she has to still be feminine like physically Mm -hmm. it's kind of like the like the cool girl uh monologue in gone girl yes and i feel like i think there's a lot more mainstream movies that care about the feminine women and about like being like well why can't we embrace the femininity which is good like legally blonde i think is a good example Mm -hmm. and i love that movie but there's not a lot of movies that are actually embracing like masculine women and like butch. Yeah, women. you're right. I think t- 
to get like a good embrace, you usually do have to go to like indie, usually experimental short films from like seventies mm-hmm. or the nineties. Had a lot mm-hmm. of them too, that are more like quote unquote like underground and like not really seen. Bound is still not mainstream. No, <laughs> it's not. I think it's the most mainstream version of actually putting a butch lesbian on screen and giving her the respect she deserves. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah, I think Bound does the good job of taking both the like butch woman and the more feminine woman woman and being like, these two are both amazing. Yeah. And sort of like the way it ends where it's like, there's not actually that much of a difference between these two. They're both just yeah. embracing different aspects of their, their identity. And when it's just like, she's a lady at the yeah. end, uh, like both of them get the respect they deserve. And I feel like it's probably the only movie I've seen that does both. And yeah. the most mainstream movie that actually talks about butch women. What a great point you made there. Yeah, I'm really happy because it's like, this is what makes this ending, apart from everything else we said already, makes this ending so great. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I haven't thought about that this way. But yeah, that's a a really great point because I like, even when I'm trying to think of other examples, I couldn't even think of anything else, right? I mean, there's, there's probably still something to be said about. Like, I remember when I did watch this in class, my professor sort of made a joke of like, Oh, like Gina Gershon, as much as you can make Gina Gershon look. Um, I, sure. I still think like she is butch here. I don't think having like necessarily like quote unquote feminine features makes you unable to be butch. But I think there's something to be said that like she's still a little more like marketable version of butch. Like you of usually course. don't get Orange is the New Black might be the best example of like having more diverse butchness in more mainstream. But for but, a movie like this from 1996, yeah. I, I think from 1996, this is, yeah. It's like, I'm not it, bothered that she's like no. the hot version of a butch, quote unquote. No. Like politically I, hot, because obviously everyone's hot. <laughs> and especially in a movie where where style is so important, right? I think that's part of the mm-hmm. style as well. You you couldn't just say, yeah. oh, but they are, don't look realistic or like, but yeah, of yeah. course, but this is what this is the movie this is, and this is yeah. the movie using those tropes and, and and those aesthetics to 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 such great effect that that this cannot be a real criticism, I would say. Yeah. I think it's like the, it's important, but I feel like it's more about like Hollywood itself rather than of bound course. <laughs> yeah of course of course it is because i right? think you can kind of say that about like even like the more feminine women i think when you think of feminine women you are thinking of like oh well they like hair makeup so they would be done up you can be a quote-unquote ugly feminine woman <laughs> and course. by ugly i'm i am talking about like like politically considered ugly <laughs> i mean what they were able to do under this system with with money and again the movie was not a big hit or anything but again it, mm-hmm. it like it, it helped them to make the matrix it's just yeah. so amazing i think and 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 you can talk of course you could could say millions of things about the matrix and people have said that already what they were actually yeah. doing while, while no one's seeing it but i think bound is just a so a, a really similar example of that okay are there any any other scenes that you think should be discussed or do you think we dealt with i, I think we talked about it, almost every scene in this movie yeah i think but... we talked about most of it I mean, one point um, I do want to bring up, even though okay. I'm not sure how well I'm going to be able to talk about it because I don't fully remember. So when we watched this in class, 
my professor brought in a guest speaker, um, KLM Keegan. He is a trans scholar and he wrote a book about transgender in Wachowski City. Mm-hmm. And I had know about like the matrix obviously and he gave a huge talk about that later too which was cool but he also talked about bound and i it's been like four years so i don't fully remember what he said Mm -hmm. i remember there's a lot about wallpaper in it and even though i don't remember enough to talk about it i feel like it's kind of cool to note that like there might actually be hints of transness in this film too Yes. I think it's not as um, easy to pick up on as The Matrix, especially considering I don't fully remember what he said. But I think that that's interesting and fun. I mean, the Wachowskis themselves said that the movie is their main theme is that people are caught up in in boxes, right? Which yeah. Can be which fits. We always have those those. And I mean, now that I'm talking about it, I feel silly almost. But like I said, like one of the most, uh, I think the most creative, creatively interesting things about this movie are its transitions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. I mean, the, the, again, think, this might yeah. be overinterpreting, but I mean, the movie is so interested in how it moves from one thing to another and how two things are mm-hmm. connected and how things look different than they are on the inside, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there is even just the aspect of, like you said, there was like the review that you had read where they're like, oh, of course, two guys make this movie where it's like, you also don't know that about that. Like, there is sort of uh, lots of critique now. And I think I've also been a part of it of like letting people make, like, tell their own stories. And like, mm-hmm. we don't need men directing all of these stories about women. But there is also something to be said that you actually don't always know what someone's true identity is. Exactly, um, yeah. And this movie is a good example. Um, yeah. But I think also knowing what we know now, it's like they, they were telling their own story. They yes. are both uh, trans lesbians. So. Yes. Yeah, I think yeah, that, that, you, you, I think you the can transition see it is yeah. cool. I think even just looking at like Jennifer Tilly's character, they're telling a story that I think is maybe a little different than like a trans experience, but I think still it sort of like goes across all queer experiences of people assuming what you are. Mm-hmm. And I, I like, cause they said they made this to like, like people think that they could just see someone and know what their sexuality is and who they are. And they're like, no, you can't. And I think it says a lot about them as well. Of that, course they're able to, they're like, well, yeah, people don't know who we are yet. And, Which and is of course, interesting. I mean, her, her progress from being like this sex pot girlfriend who is just like this, this hot blonde that, that is there to have sex with to being a self-realized woman who, who lives her own life, who's independent, who does what mm-hmm. she wants, who has no qualms about it. Like, this is like, this is a transition. It is like, you yeah. don't have movies with such progress uh, very often. Mm-hmm. And I mean, again, could be reaching, but you know how it normally is. Like, she's called Violet. She's like a flower, you know, that finally is able to blossom yeah. in the end, right? Which is another way of of, of depicting transition. Mm-hmm. Um, so Yeah, sort of like blossoming is sort of a cliche way to say it. It's like, oh, I'm blossoming into my true self. 
could yeah maybe it's like we're grasping too hard but i don't know if we are uh, no i don't think violent. so yeah knowing the wachowskis and knowing what they what they are able to do and on how many levels they do everything yeah. they're doing no why 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 would we I, yeah. of course yeah we could always be reaching and grasping but i, I think there's, there are many reasons to do that in this movie. Yeah, exactly. And even and even if they hadn't didn't explicitly have that in mind, I mean, there, you can read the movie in in many ways. Yeah, I mean, you can always like death of the author sort of read a movie in any way you want of course. to. But, but we have I context here, here. Yeah, and there's like context here, and like for the Matrix, like people had said that it was very trans. Um, and then other people were like, no, it's not. And it's like, well, they could read it however they want. And then the Wachowskis were like, but also we did purposely make it. <laughs> yes. Which is that fun confirmation. I wish that would happen more often that people yeah. actually said, yeah, no, actually that's what we're, what we're trying to say. Yeah. Especially for people who, who, who are ignorant enough to not want to see it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think we discussed most of the movie. Um, I have some final uh, final questions, actually, uh, that okay. I, I, I want to ask. Um, and again, uh, this movie is rated R. Could you imagine in any way this movie working at a different rating? So being either more explicit or less explicit and still working? Of course, it would be a different movie in any way. That's clear. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Um. I feel like looking at like the American rating system, no, because I feel like, like we said, like the sex scenes are really important narratively and like to understand the characters. I feel like trying to water those down loses the story. Mm -hmm. I think you may be able to water down the violence a little more, but I still don't, I don't, see that like I think that would take away still maybe not as much as I think it would take away for the sex scenes but it would still I think some of the violence is cut down besides like that one scene that we were really discussing Mm -hmm. but I feel like cutting that scene down does just make it a little like lamer of a movie Mm -hmm. (laughs) doesn't have as much to say yeah I would agree we both uh, like the movie a lot so it's not surprising that we say no this movie yeah. I, of course you could imagine versions it's like it I can could... see it being a movie that is less explicit for violence and sex I just see it being a significantly worse movie yes definitely and, yeah. and maybe also the other way around like I don't think the yeah. movie would need to be more explicit then then it would maybe no. border on exploitative yeah I think if it was more explicit in the sex scenes, it would, it would. I think the way to be more explicit is to be more objectifying, which yes. is clearly not the goal. And also, like I said, I feel like the fact that there's the like shadow in the scenes and all that sort of like makes it like sexier. And I think yes. if you try to make it more explicit, you're you're probably objectifying and taking away some of the like sexiness of it. There are, uh, as for many movies that feature sex and violence, there are alternate versions um, on IMDb. It's not much, not much is explained. It just says that the sex scenes uh, in, in some versions are more explicit and that there's uh, more violence in the torture scene. Um, what I did find is that the there was an unrated version released uh, at some point, which has 14 seconds more, which again is not much. And yeah. uh, I actually found like a comparison where you can see it's basically more, it's mostly about the sex scene. Okay. And the biggest difference is, is that in the unrated version, 
there are less shadows. <laughs> Interesting. So the scene is just a little bit brighter and clearer, which would See, mean, I of think course, that, yeah, I think that takes it away. <laughs> yeah, because now I'm thinking of, of your interpretation. But of course, on the other hand, that could mean that they added shadows to get away with the rating. But part of me, see, I don't know if I believe that, though, I, because shadows are used in like every single scene in this movie. Yes, of course. Right. The shadows play so a big like, well, role. Why would they suddenly like retroactively add them into a scene? Like clearly they were trying shadows the whole time. So that's weird. Again, I want to not... talk to the Wachowskis about this. I want <laughs> it's not ask extreme. Them. Like I, I, yeah. I, I found a site that where actually they compare both scenes, and you see uh, frames from both movies, from both versions, okay. and it's not, it's not extreme. Like it's just a little okay. bit brighter, a little bit more, and okay. uh, like some shots are just a little, little bit different. I, I think if you watch both versions, you probably wouldn't even notice the difference. I can yeah. imagine. Okay. So that makes it's, it's not that extreme. Sense. Uh, and of course, we're not talking about like airplane versions or whatever it is or TV version yeah. of this movie because that doesn't really count. I think if they just cut everything yeah. out and nothing makes sense, that's that's not yeah. the same thing. No one likes that. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, then uh, we come to our final segment. And uh, because we talk about ratings so much, um, what I'm trying to do, and again, I don't know if this will work. Uh, we're, I'm still in the beginning of this. Is uh, I, I want you to try to give this movie a kind of rating. And I will tell you uh, different categories and you should try to rate it from one to 10. Um, okay. And we're talking about sex and violence combined uh, to not make it too complicated. How okay. explicit would you say is the sex and violence in this movie on a scale of one to 10? I feel like maybe like seven mm -hmm. just because it it's not like you're watching every single detail but you are still in the moment and in each scene if that yeah i mean sense. as we said before like there is only one explicit sex scene and even that sex scene is not very long like it's yeah it's, look, it's like a minute if you think yeah, about like that you, it's really like, not much it's like i'm saying like putting it up because it's like you know what's happening but then not at the top because you're not fully watching all the nitty gritty details of both the sex and violence. Yes. It's hardcore tribalism, but it's uh, on the mild side. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So I, I'll take down a seven. Okay. How intense would you say the sex and violence is in this film on a scale of one to 10? If I say seven again. <laughs> you can say whatever you want. Uh, this, uh, yeah. this highly scientific like, method is all up to yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. I feel like kind of like the, reason that we were talking about already where it's like the shadows both make you not see it but also make you feel it more mm -hmm. so if we're talking about like intensity maybe even like an eight maybe because i think the shadows and like cutting actually add to the feelings so do you want an eight or a 7.5 an eight let's go eight <laughs> Okay, we go eight. Okay. And it's it's always interesting after our discussion that I have this category. Um, how much would you say sex and violence is connected to the themes of the movie? Oh, like one, 10 out of 10, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, we it, just spent like two hours talking about, so... <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. But what I find fascinating discussing very different movies up to now is that very often at the end of our discussions, I notice, well, you could almost always say 10, because when you really get into it, you notice that in at least in the movies that uh, I've, I've, I've picked so far or have been picked so far, if they're not exploitative, sex and violence always is integral to to what the movies are trying to say, yeah. and which is like and the even, best movies do. Yeah. And even sometimes if it's exploitative, 
it is still like part of what it has to say because what it has to say is exploitation sometimes, sometimes like thinking yeah. of tarantino it's well like it's yeah exploitative, I it... but 10 out of 10 for that okay we're not talking about tarantino because yeah, i yeah. wonder <laughs> if i would actually agree because one of my problems is that sometimes i think his themes are not clear enough to really justify the way he uses violence he says that mm -hmm. but the movies then actually don't really deliver on that because they That's so true. often i think don't have that much to say anyway you know uh, what, uh, have me on a tarantino podcast later and we'll discuss we'll, we'll break it down i really should do a tarantino episode yeah. at some point it would be it would be strange not to do one i have one one up there but it's not anyway uh, the last category <laughs> i have uh, and there we have to switch around uh the the, the, the scale is uh, how much would you say this movie is recommended for children um 10 meaning not at all one meaning yes you can recommend uh, I think like nine <laughs> I think once maybe like if you're in middle school you can watch this movie <laughs> but like so I, I don't know like I think it could be like pg-13-esque mm -hmm. um in that sense but I I mean I don't think children should be watching a lot of violence and sex <laughs> I mean, it's a whole different discussion that we we, we are yeah. not starting now. Um, yeah. I mean, I watched this movie when I was probably 15 in cinema. Um, mm -hmm. And I think one thing about this movie is that it's, I think there is almost, there's so much going on that I think you need to have a certain maturity to really understand and grasp what it's about. Not so much the sex and violence because like many yeah. kids watch or teenagers watch much more violent or sexual movies. Yeah. But everything we talked about, like all those difficult, complicated themes, it, that that's something that could well yeah. go over I your guess, head. I guess maybe like I said, like you could watch this if you're in middle school. I still don't think I'd recommend it. I guess I probably wouldn't recommend until like high school. <laughs> yeah, I probably would agree. I mean, I guess yeah. I watched this movie and when The Matrix came out, I was like, oh, wow, by the makers of Bound, this could be amazing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and about what was like mostly forgotten by most people anyway yeah. so uh, that means we have a uh, 34 out of 40 points uh, okay. which is not not low uh, i don't know what yeah. i will ever do with those ratings but uh, it will be <laughs> maybe interesting to compare those uh, at some yeah. point but yeah that's that's about it is there anything else you want to want to add uh, before we are done i don't think so i think i I think I mostly threw out all my thoughts, even if I said them a little messily. No, not messily at <laughs> all. I think you did really well. I'm really yeah. glad I had you oh, here you. discuss this. Um, yeah, thank anything you, you wanna... for pressuring me into doing it by telling me you could talk about Bound. And then I was like, oh, I could talk about Bound. I guess I got to do it. I hope you don't regret it. I hope you see. I definitely uh... don't. I actually, I was very nervous that I would just forget how to talk if I was uh, on a podcast, but I, I think I did better than I usually would have. <laughs> you did Maybe. great. I'm yeah. really happy you were here. Uh, this was a really yeah. interesting conversation. I'd yeah, be happy really to have happy. you back at some point. Yes, uh, please do, imagine actually. There this is plenty fun. of movies we could discuss. <laughs> yes. Anything you want to plug before we're done? I mean, I guess I can just plug my Instagram. <laughs> Follow me, flick chick bitch. <laughs> Yes, please do. One of the most interesting accounts on Instagram. I, and I'm not just saying that because you're my guest right now. Uh, I'm always curious what you have to say about anything. Um, I mean, you too. You're one of my go-to Instagram friends. I'm like, ooh, what did David have to say? 
And, and and something I told you that before, um, what, what I like about your account is that, I, I, I'm not sure if I told you that before, is I always like to know what you have to say, even if I don't agree. Uh, yeah. And I think that that's important. Like, I'm not just saying, oh, yes, of course, that's what I think, too. Sometimes I think, hmm, I don't think that, but it's still it's interesting to 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 think about yeah, what I you have to say about that. I think some of my favorite accounts are people where I'm like, well, I don't always agree. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. some of my best Instagram friends. Like, I know, like, we've had disagreements about, like, Halloween. Yes. Um, I think I befriended uh, Rhymer Watch by having an argument about a movie first. And then we're <laughs> yes. like, now I'm like, oh, Rhymer, one of my best buddies. Yeah. I, I like, disagree yeah. with a lot of people that yeah. I know over Instagram. And that's fun, too. That's that it's much yeah, better than just... We're all opinionated over there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Anyway, thanks for being here. It was a real pleasure to have you here. Um, Thank you for and, having uh, me. It was very fun. I can't wait to see uh, what people say about what we have to say about Bound. And yeah. maybe it helps to make Bound uh, more popular again. I think it's a movie yeah. that could be Everyone watch Bound. If of you course. haven't gathered so for the past two hours, watch Bound. If you haven't watched Bound and you listened that far, what's wrong with you? Like, yeah. seriously. Wait, I mean, put a spoiler warning at the beginning. Just be like, wait, just a note. You have to watch Bound before you listen to this. <laughs> and you also have to watch Bound in general. <laughs> exactly. That's my plug. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a great plug uh, that I would yeah. uh, wholly uh, support. Okay, then uh, thanks, Joe. Um, and, yes. and thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, and, and see you next time. Goodbye. Yes. Thank you for having me and thanks everyone. And next week we're discussing another big one. Paul Verhoeven's Basic Instinct. What are you doing? Isn't it obvious?